Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Right, here we go. Welcome in on this Tuesday morning, and we've got controversy in the NFL to talk about. But I think uh, a lot of people's attention is actually focused on the wrong thing. We'll get to that here in a second. My name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Tuesday morning. The weather is absolutely stunning this week. I mean, just, just beautiful. We've got a home game in Starkville this weekend, a big one. Well, it should be a big crowd anyway. It's more of a free shot than a big game, but you guys get my point. The weather's going to be just perfect for that one um, all week long for us around here. So enjoy that while you can. The fall weather is here, and it is just, just beautiful. Uh, I am glad to see you guys. We're in talk Gruden, of course. He resigned as the Raiders head coach last night. Uh, I've got a stat for you, and it's not a good one if you're uh, a fan of Coach Ed Orgeron, which most of you are not. And then we'll look at the the lines and the storylines for the weekend, as promised. We just got to get through a couple of things first before we get there. Real quick, I want to remind you, though, uh, while you're here, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, Michael Borky on YouTube. Find me on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, actually like the video. That would help me a ton. And wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning, or my name should turn up results and subscribe there as well. You can also follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. I'm not very creative. That's I just put my name on it. I don't have like a cool handle or like a show name or anything. Honestly, Mike in the Morning makes me cringe every time I say it. I've got to come up with a better name than that. Uh, i got to have a better brand than just my name. I don't know what it is, but i got to find one. Maybe I will eventually. So Monday Night Football is making an old man out of you. Same here, man. <laughs> we, had, we had a weather-delayed game on Sunday night in Kansas City, and then overtime last night. I hope you don't enjoy sleep if you're a football fan. But we did get big news last night, and it wasn't Lamar Jackson leading his team to an overtime win. It was what happened elsewhere. John Gruden uh, resigned as head coach of the Raiders after more emails surfaced, uh, and those came out during the Washington investigation with Dan Snyder, something that's been going on for a while now. And... I think people, this is a great distraction because what is not being discussed is the fact that this came, all of these emails came out not during an investigation of John Gruden and the Raiders, but in during an investigation of Washington. We haven't seen a single thing come out from Washington. Not one thing, and it's because it involves the owner of a team and not the coach of said team. No report. No findings, no emails, nothing have been released or leaked by the NFL into their investigation of Washington. It has only been John Gruden. 60 or 650,000 emails have been produced during this investigation that are now in the possession of the league. And the only ones that have come out are about John Gruden and, and what he said. I'm not excusing what he said. I am just saying it is amazing 
It is amazing how nothing about Washington and their owner has come out. Nothing. But all of this has come out about Gruden. When the investigation is about Washington, where there has clearly been a workplace culture that is just wildly unacceptable, regardless of how you feel about the Gruden thing, wildly unacceptable. But yet nothing has leaked about that at all. Nothing at all. But these Gruden emails are out. Get to that in a second. Williams says, try branding your last name. Uh, haven't heard of many Borky. And if you have, they are likely related to me in some way. Uh, I, I'm trying, man. I, I'll, I'm going to workshop this a little bit more with you guys to see if somebody else can you know, help me out. Because, my again, Mike in the morning just makes me cringe. And what happens if I start doing stuff that, that's mine in the afternoon? Well, Mike in the morning doesn't apply unless, like, people in in London are watching, but Urban Meyer distraction. Uh, yeah, you know, Gruden's out. My, Meyer will come, too. I saw a lot of people drawing comparisons. Urban Meyer's not coaching next year in the NFL. He won't make it through one year in Jacksonville either. Who went behind his back and turned all of this in? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, the only Monday night football game Will says he stayed up for was the Cowboys and the Manning cast. I was out by the third quarter last night. Uh, I've heard that sentiment from a lot of people. They uh they they want to hear the Mannings. I want to hear the Mannings. But that was a good game last night. I'm I'm glad I, I stayed up till the end. Anyway, um, Mike in the morning makes me think of Mike and Mike. Me too. It, you know, and that was actually a really good radio show. Um, why not the Borky show? That's probably what it'll end up being because it is kind of a unique last name, right? I kind of wanted some some kind of a pun or something. Like Matt Moscona has AFR after further review. That that's that's great. AFR, you know, it's perfect. It's an acronym. It's football-related. AFR. I need an AFR in my life, something like that. Um, but on to Gruden. I hate talking about stuff like this. I know you have to. And some people in this business think like they, they revel in stuff like this because controversy sells or whatever. Um, I don't enjoy talking about stuff like this. I, I don't. It's... Sports are supposed to be fun and happy and all about the games and stuff. And when things like this happen, it's not. And, and so I, I don't like it. I don't revel in controversy. I revel in having good conversations with listeners. And I, I think that's the that's the media I like to consume. I don't like the Max Kellerman, that, that kind of stuff. It's just not me. But that's kind of where we're going. I don't like talking about stuff like this. But I keep hearing about cancel culture and how John Gruden's a victim of cancel culture. Uh, this isn't the same thing as, say, Kyler Murray. Remember when Kyler Murray won the Heisman? You guys remember this? He won the Heisman, and some reporter at USA Today, if I remember correctly, it was one of those failing newspapers, um, decided to hold, sit on a story where Kyler Murray used language on his Twitter when he was 14 years old, when he was just a kid, 14 years old, and waited until he won the Heisman to surface these old tweets from Kyler Murray when he was a child. Uh, if you listen to the radio show at the time, that's really all I was doing. I absolutely roasted that reporter, and everybody should have, because that was cancel culture. That was a reporter with a vendetta, for whatever reason, trying to ruin the best day of a young man's life for something that he said 
when he was 14 and 15 years old. 14 and 15-year-olds do not know what they're saying. Not really. Some of them do. Some of them don't. But they're, they're kids, after all. Uh, they're not aware of the impact of the words that they say at times. I have said things when I was older than 14 and 15. I believed things when I was older than 14 and 15 that I do not today, that I hate myself for at the time, but I was young and naive and stupid. I would like to think as uh, as an adult, I'm aware of the impact of words that I say now. And I wouldn't say the things that I said when I was a kid. But USA Today did this exposure of these Kyler Murray tweets and called it journalism. It was a farce. It was pathetic, honestly. It was straight up pathetic what they did to Kyler Murray. I don't apply that same logic here. Because read them for yourself, by the way. I have seen a lot of aggregators uh, misrepresent what was actually said in these emails. I've seen that already. I've seen a lot of people twist what Gruden said to make it not sound as bad to talk about cancel culture. I would encourage you, I cannot repeat the words Even on a live stream that is not regulated by the FCC, I am not going to say what Gruden said. I'm not going to repeat those words out loud. I encourage you to go read them for yourself. Uh, It is not a source thing. It is, here are the emails. Read them for yourself and ask yourself, as an adult, would you use the language that he used in an email? Ever, about anybody, would you say what he said? As an adult, would you say what he did? And then ask yourself again, would you use that language about coworkers, about the CEO of your company? And if that surfaced, would you keep your job? This to me is different. This isn't Kyler Murray. This isn't, you've seen countless examples of old tweets being dug up when people were kids or when, when they were very young and didn't know better and things have changed. Um, this is not that to me. I am not proud of some things that I said when I was younger, not much younger than I am right now, but I wasn't an adult then. I know better now. But these, everything that was sent, this happened over years, by the way, was sent when he was an adult man, not when he was in college, not when he was in high school. Every single thing that was said was when he was an adult. There were things that were said, words that I'm not going to repeat here on the stream. I would encourage you to actually read them for yourself and not an aggregator about the commissioner of the league, about multiple people in positions of power or co-workers or influential figures around the league, things that you do not say as an adult about anybody, but especially not in an email that can be read by others. I, I think it's different. You may disagree. I understand that. This is different. You cannot, as an adult, say the things that he did about coworkers and people above you in the pecking order, like the commissioner, or people that are are figures in the league. All of them, all of them are things you cannot say, especially in email form, about other people that you work with or around or are in the same circles with. This is not cancel culture. This is not stuff that Gruden sent when he was 20. This is stuff that he said when he was an adult man in an email about people around the NFL. If this happened to you, ask yourself, would you keep your job? Um, 
Daniel is asking, rightfully so, why dig stuff from 10 years ago? So this was um, not intentional. So th- this was in- involving the investigation into Washington and the workplace culture there. This just was uncovered while they were investigating something else. It's not like somebody just was like, hey, let's dig up some old emails from Gruden. Th- this was completely unintentional. They found something else while looking for something in Washington. The the scandal here to me is not Gruden having to resign for saying stuff like that because, again, ask yourself if you could say that about the CEO or the CFO of your company and keep your job. That answer is no. It, it, it's, it's absolutely not among everything else that he said. But the scandal here is, or at least it should be, why is this the only thing coming out about Washington? Why is it Gruden, the coach of the Raiders, when and he was at ESPN at the time, why is this what's coming out and nothing about Washington and Dan Snyder? The answer is because Snyder's an owner. That That's why. But yes, that, that's where this is coming from. This is not... Um, this is not some, but like a reporter didn't just go FOIA some old Gruden emails. This is just completely unintentionally discovered. Um, that's why I think it's different than the Kyler Murray situation. He sent tweets when he was 15. I mean, 15 years old. Are you kidding me? That was that was pathetic. That was a joke. This is different. This is an adult man talking about people within the league, superiors, stuff like that. Can't do what Gruden did. Not an email. You can't do that. It's different to me. One writes the checks, Gruden cashes them. And that's it, John. That's it. But that's where people's attention should be. Not, oh, he shouldn't have been fired. This is cancel culture. What happened to freedom of speech? None of you guys have done this today, and I appreciate you. But the people that are talking about what about freedom of speech, read the Constitution again. John Gruden's not going to jail. He's not being punished by the government. He resigned. He was going to get fired. But... It's a private institution. They can do what they can fire you for anything. Freedom of speech is only protection from the government and prosecution, not losing your job. We need to do a better job at teaching the Constitution and the amendments. Apparently, we need to teach some representatives and senators why they are represented the way they are and what their power is, and also HIPAA. We got to teach people about the First Amendment. Apparently, we've got to teach United States senators uh, why a majority in your chamber um, gets to rule. And we also have to teach about HIPAA. You got to do all those things. But I've I've seen people talk about cancel culture. Does not apply here, in my opinion, because he was an adult man and he was talking about people who are now his superiors with language that you cannot say in an email that you know better as an adult to not say those things. This is not Kyler Murray. This is not those kind of situations. This isn't digging up old tweets when somebody was in college or high school. This is one adult man talking about other adult men and women via email and language that you cannot say. That's not cancel culture to me. It's just getting punished for doing things you should not do as an adult man. Low-key with Borky. That's not bad, William. That's not bad at all. Also, he says, the NFL job's opening up makes me think they will hire Kiffin. Think Kiffin takes an NFL job before another university. Oh, man. Uh, Well, by the way, here's a little pro tip. I respect Paul Feinbaum for what he he built and what, what he's done. 
don't listen to him anymore if you're an Ole Miss fan looking for information about your coach and where he could go. Just, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, Patrick Mahomes' wife tweeted that the Chiefs-Bills game was rigged. Did she really? Hey, people make fun of her. Here's here's another take. People make fun of her. Um, I, I respect the hell out of out of both of them, honestly, because uh, she is ride or die, and she's been with him long before he got famous, long before he had money, before anybody knew who he was. And I mean that that is a true supporter right there. That's a ride or die. And and a lot of people make fun of them and her and stuff, and, and I understand why. But a lot of people that are making fun of her wish they had somebody that supported their man like she does hers. So I, I'm not going to make fun of her because I think that's cool how, how much she supports her guy. It's a little irrational. Like, the Bills game was not rigged. The Chiefs are bad this year. That's irrational. But what fan has not thought a game was rigged at one point or another, right? She just loves her guy. I appreciate that. I respect that. Um, anyway, so that's all I'll say about the Gruden thing. I spent 17 minutes on it. Geez, way more time than I wanted to. But if you read them for yourself and not rely on an aggregator to tell you what was said, if you actually read them, I think you'll realize that you can't you can't do that. You can't say those things in emails spanning years as an adult man. You can't do it. You cannot do that. Uh, you would get fired. I would get fired. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Call Reb 2000 asked me opinion on the uh, ANSI recruiting debacle. I will just say this. Um, I would like to be able to say more. You you can't do that. And I mean, that's, that's stating the obvious, but um, that is something that you simply cannot do and you know what i can't i I, okay you can't do that it's very clear you can't do that uh shout out to the recruit for not accepting even though it was an innocuous quote don't misquote me you didn't talk to me don't say you talked to me because you didn't nobody did um Honestly, I kind of respect the recruit for that. I do. And, and I know some Ole Miss fans think that he was, you know, acting irrational or whatever. If I was completely misquoted, fabricated, quote, I would have done the same thing. You you don't misquote me. Um, and you also have to appreciate that the recruit is able to separate reporter in that incident from school. Because too many people do that. Uh, just because somebody... There are some people, if you can believe it, that think that if you cover a school, you work for that school. And that's not true. Uh, so a high school kid, credit to him for recognizing that guy's not the school. That's not that's not Ole Miss. He has nothing to do with my visit or Lane Kiffin. He, he is different. Uh, that is that is not Ole Miss. That is not the coaching staff. He doesn't work for them. And he, he separated them, which I, I, I respect because too many people think that they are one and the same and they're not. But that is simply basic level, journo 101, like second day of class in journalism school. You cannot ever, ever make up a quote and attribute it to anyone. You simply cannot do that. It is inexcusable. There's no explanation, nothing. You can't do it. It is inexcusable. Um, 
and and you hope if you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this that it doesn't cost that player because it felt like you had all the momentum and apparently had a really nice visit. Um, and that would be a hell of a signing. I mean, he's a heck, he's a, a a high level quarterback if you watch him play. High, high, high level quarterback. Like could step in and start next year. Like high level. It's inexcusable. There, there's no, there's no other way to spin it. Nothing. You, you cannot ever, 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 ever do that. Can't do it. Inexcusable. No explanation. Can't do it. And if that damages your standing with that recruit. Kid seems to have good perspective, though. Uh, he does. He seems to have good perspective on that. Daniel says if Kiffin is to leave, it would be beneficial for him to leave before Levy does. That way Keith Carter can promote him to head coach. I've seen a lot of people say that, and there is a lot of – there's a lot of good reasons why. A lot of good reasons why uh, people would want Jeff Levy to be the head coach. I think eventually he's going to be one somewhere. And in fact, after this season, I think somebody – and the group of five levels somewhere is going to be smart enough to hire him. I think he's got head coach written all over him. Obviously, he's got a really good offensive scheme. But if I were if I were Keith Carter, and let's pretend for a second that Lane does leave for whatever reason, I wouldn't limit yourself to just Jeff Levy. He's never been a head coach before. Who knows if it if it is to go well? Uh, I mean, if I'm Keith Carter and he leaves, why why would you not look at like a Billy Napier? I wouldn't hamstring myself to just down the hall. I would certainly look really hard at Jeff Levy, and maybe he's the guy you would ultimately replace him with. I wouldn't just stop there, though. I would do an entire search just like you should, and I would I would get Billy Napier on the phone. I think he would take that job. I, I do. I really do. Um, especially if LSU has too much hubris to call him, which I think they do, and they'll be foolish not to. But... Um, you can't deny what he's done at Louisiana. He's also a former Saban assistant. Uh, he's got recruiting ties all over the Southeast, runs a very ex- a good brand of football, a winning brand of football. He's got connections in deep recruiting areas. He's got great coaching connections. I wouldn't hamstring myself to just, le- just Levy, but he would definitely be somebody I would consider deeply, but never been a head coach before. It's it's different when you're a head coach and when you're not sitting up in the booth. It is uh, it is very different. Looking at some of the lines this weekend, I promised you guys yesterday, lines Tuesday, here we are. Uh, 11 a.m. is fascinating for two different reasons. One, I think you get a really nice game, like a, a compelling game in Fayetteville, what should be a really good crowd. Arkansas returning home for the first time in a month. This is the first time Arkansas goes home in a month. And they get Auburn. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Arkansas is at home. Should be a really nice crowd. Really intriguing game. Uh, my early lean is Arkansas in this game. Uh, I think Auburn it, it has been fool's gold. The fact that they were ranked going into last week, I thought, was just a byproduct of getting a really beneficial call in a game against Georgia State, which they should have lost at home. But just what I expect to be a really good, fun football game, Arkansas finally gets to come home after three consecutive games on the road, almost an entire month away from home in terms of like calendar days. Uh, Should be a great atmosphere, and I can't wait for that game. On the flip side, should be a pathetic atmosphere in Tiger Stadium. Florida at LSU. Florida's a 10-point favorite in that game. That game's on ESPN. I think the crowd, with five minutes elapsed in the first quarter, would not be able to fill Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. 
or Davis would. I think there will be fewer than 64,000 people in a 102,000 seat stadium with five minutes to go, or with five minutes elapsed in the first quarter. Those people have checked out. The team has checked out. Uh, Boutte is out for the season. LSU is, I mean, really bad basically everywhere at this point. The team has quit. The fans will prove that they have quit. Um, here's an Ed Orgeron stat for you. I promised it. Here it is now. Here it is. Um, after the first 16 games after winning a national championship, Gene Chizik was 9-7. and seven. He was 4-5 and five in the SEC, had two losses against unranked teams, and one loss at home. Ed Orgeron, 16 games after winning the national championship, is 8-8. Eight and eight, So worse than Chizik is 6-7 and seven in the SEC, has four losses against unranked teams. Three of their losses have come at home. He is trending worse than Chizik is right now. It's over. I mean, everybody knows that. They're talking about candidates on freaking Feinbaum already. Yahoo's got candidates out there. Jimmy Sexton's already floating names for people to write. You've got Matt Moscona talking about James Franklin and Lane Kiffin and Pete Carroll and people like that. I mean, it's it's over. It's just when. Possibly after the old Miss game because they have a bye week after that. That seems like an appropriate time. It's coming. It's just a matter of when. And the crowd on Saturday will reflect it. Sam says, who in your opinion between Auburn, Arkansas, and Mississippi State has the best chance to beat Alabama? Ooh. Um... It's a good question. None of the above, <laughs> uh, but you're asking who has the best chance, not who will. Um, hmm. Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas is the most balanced of the three. Is is why I say that. Really, I think I think they're the most balanced of the three. I don't think either one. Um. And that's really what it is. Alabama has struggled against the run this season, at least for the most part, although Texas A&M beat them through the air. Uh, Auburn, I think, is the worst of those three. Uh, Arkansas it would be my pick, yeah. Um, but we all know what's going to happen, guys. Alabama's going to go to the SEC championship, right? I mean, we all know that that's, that that's going to happen, right? I mean, we, we can go ahead and concede that. At least I think so. At, uh, also at 11 a.m., Texas A&M is only an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Missouri. Can somebody help rationalize that to me? Because I don't quite understand what's going on there. I really don't understand what's going on there. Missouri's awful. And A&M just beat Alabama. I don't know. Maybe Maybe Vegas just is not as convinced after that Texas A&M win as some of us are. Maybe they're not. I, I don't know. But that's a fishy line to me. Eight and a half at Missouri, uh, 11 a.m. That's SEC Network. So you've got three games, three SEC games going on at uh, at 11 a.m. Um, eight and a half, though. That is odd. Um, anyway, at 230, huge line, huge line. Kentucky minus or plus 23 and a half at Georgia. That is kind of that that feels right to me. As I said yesterday, if you guys watch this, I think they're very similar in style. 
And when they're similar in style and one team is significantly more talented than the other, it's going to shake out about this way. Kentucky has a real chance, though, at going 11-1. and one, And that's a realistic opportunity uh, when looking at their schedule. They have this game at Georgia. Then they have to turn around and go to Mississippi State, which is absolutely losable. But I think they'll be favored in the game. Tennessee at home, losable. But they'll be favored in the game. At Vanderbilt, New Mexico State at home, and at Louisville. There is a chance that Kentucky finishes the season 11-1. and Do I think that'll be the case? No, I don't. I, in fact, I think they might lose a couple of games down the stretch. Um, but there's a chance they do it. At 3 o'clock, a game that none of you, myself included, are going to watch. Vanderbilt's an 18.5-point underdog at South Carolina. Alabama, 17-point favorite at Mississippi State. That game's on ESPN at, uh, at right at 6 o'clock. That feels about right, and like I said yesterday, we'll talk about it more during the week as well. For Mississippi State, if you are a State fan, and I haven't seen anybody do this yet, not like a couple weeks ago uh, from Ole Miss people, if you're expecting to win this game and you are disappointed when that doesn't happen, if you're mad when that doesn't happen, that that's kind of a you problem because there is nothing about Right now, in year two, a few games into year two, that says that Mississippi State should be able to compete with Alabama in year two. There's nothing that says that. Your expectation should not be to win this game. What you're looking for, at least in my opinion, what you should be looking for is increased improvement with offensive line play because they have been better lately. And just looking competent. State didn't belong on the field with Alabama a year ago. That game wasn't even as close as the score indicated it was. Uh, being in it, being able to score, looking competent, um, that improved offensive line play, continuing to play cleaner football because that's the recipe for success in the final six is playing clean football uh, for State. So playing clean, continue to improve on the offensive line, no mistakes, look like you belong. That should be the goal for this game. Anything more than that is simply unrealistic. Uh, for any coach in year two against Alabama, I'll say the same thing about Arkansas when they play them in a few weeks. And then finally, the last game of the day is an earlier one, uh, 6.30 Ole Miss minus three. That line started at four, four and a half, is down to three at Tennessee. We're going to find out if Tennessee's improvement is based on who they've played or how they've played. Uh, I did see one of Tennessee's players yesterday say, you know, Corral's good, but we practice against uh, Hendon Hooker every day, so we're going to be ready. I hate to tell you, bud, well, uh, Hooker's not Corral. <laughs> not even close. So, um, should be a shootout. Now, I have seen some people do the whole Lane's return to Knoxville thing. It's it's different because he was a coordinator, but he's coached in Knoxville twice since he's left there. It's different as a head coach, I know, but he's already been there twice as a head coach. Uh, since he left twice now um this is the third time uh, as a coach not a head coach but a third time as a coach to to play in Knoxville kind of knocks the luster off that a little bit but to a very important game for for the Ole Miss defense to see if they can do anything make any kind of adjustments to to stop what is an offense that'll run some tempo? I mean, Tennessee will go fast, they will. They don't have the athletes that Arkansas does. They're not near as good up front as Arkansas is. They have a couple of good, good backs, and, and Hooker's a, a nice quarterback for sure. Can run a little bit as well, but he's accurate throwing the football. Um, 
It's a very intriguing game, but not because of Kiffin's return to Knoxville. He's already done that twice. I understand it's a story and the way he left and all that, and you're going to have signs and the rock's going to get painted and all that, but that's not really the story here to me. It's just going to, what should be a really fun football game. We will see. So thank you guys for tuning in as you always do. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe there. I would appreciate that very much, and I will see you uh, tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good day. Enjoy the weather. It's stunning. It's just stunning outside. Enjoy that, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.